Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God Here we go, guys. We're going to transition. We're going to move forward. I don't want to keep you here all day, but I've got some stuff to share with you. Um, for those of you who are new, welcome to our church. Um, I love our church. I love, I just love it. Just watching earlier, watching you guys talk about your birthdays, just people talking. It's just great. Feels a little bit like what it would have been like before we had really massive, popular celebrity people and building cathedrals to honor things that maybe weren't the body. and So I love our church that it feels like you all have a voice, because honestly, you do have a voice, and that means a lot to me. If it's about me and who I am, this church is going to be very limited. It's going to be very inept. It's not going to be functional like the Bible says, if it's about me. So I facilitate and I lead it as a shepherd, I facilitate and lead it, making sure people are growing and healthy with a team of people. And, and it's not just my voice. You can talk to any of our staff. It's, I don't know why I'm saying all that. I'm just going. So I don't just show up and say, here's what's going to happen. I don't do that. We pray together. We seek the Lord. We go after God together. We wait and listen. We're patient. We don't just see another church that's successful and say, let's do that stuff. We've never done that. We, we want to know what the Lord's doing here now for our city and our area with our people. That's a big deal. So it's an honor for me to hear other people's voices, to have other people's voices. It's also challenging at times, to be honest with you, because people have opinions, especially Americans. We have some strong opinions about some things, and, but I'd rather, I'd rather have that than just build what I want, right? This would not be, we'd, we'd be in here playing ping pong every Sunday. It would, everything would be a competition that you would lose at, except for this guy over here. The one guy more competitive in the room with me, raise your hand. You totally are. You totally are. Uh, he's really good at ping pong. First guy that's been beating me in ping pong. You told, well, you paid me to say something, so. Um, anyway, 
So I say all that to say today we're going to be talking about the third part of our pots. And I love that we've talked first about unity and that we've talked about diversity. And last week we talked a lot about diversity. Um, It's very much needed. And this week, healthy participation is a really big deal to us. Um, It's a really big deal to me. That it's not just 20% doing 80% of the work, you know, and it's a really big deal to me that you know that as a part of a body, you're definitely not here just as a spectator. I think you know that. I think we all know that. You're not just here to receive. It's really honestly, even though people say this, it's not my job to feed you weekly, right? Like I'm an under shepherd to the Lord. We provide communal connection. I preach to you content that I believe the Lord has given me, but really like God has trained us and equipped us to be able to hear his voice on our own. We can all read decent. Some of us, maybe if you can't read, you can still click a button and listen, right? To Max McLean, because he is on Bible Gateway, and you should check that out. It's hilarious. But at least it's the Bible, right? So, so I feel like it's my responsibility for you as a pastor to be a shepherd, and a shepherd is a God, really. <clears throat> I, can't, um, I can't take ownership of everything. You don't want me to do that, you know? Um, And so healthy participation as we grow, it's a really big deal. I don't want to just challenge you today or coerce you to do something or say, you need to be a part of River City to do this. I don't want to do that. There are some of you in this room that are doing too much, right? There's some of you that need to put up some guardrails and some boundaries. There's some of you that need to back off and stop helping in every ministry. There are some of you that live your whole life on mission and you actually from Sunday to Sunday do missional living for Christ this place needs to be a place that you are filled. I'm, I'm saying it's okay with me that you don't do anything but be filled if you already are living your life on mission. Challenging part, if that's not you, if you just happen to come to a church and you really desire that I provide you what you need, I'm going to challenge you to be a part of something more than just this. For your benefit. It's for your growth and your benefit. And then the struggles within all of that help develop disciples. Not just content that I'm speaking to you. That's not discipleship, right? Discipleship happens in community and life. That's why Jesus looked at people and said, I know your name. You do know my name. I know what you're about. Come follow me. We're going to brush our teeth together. They didn't brush their teeth. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> we're going to bathe in creeks together. We're going to eat together. We're going to, we're going to sit around a fire and prepare meals. We're going to just smell bad together. You know, we're going to... All of it. Like, all of that stuff, we think that... Being healthy is about receiving the right content. That's an aspect of health and discipleship. That's not the whole, right? The whole is life together, right? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, like life together. This is the sum of the gospel is that in communities, we take this to the world and through the way that we love each other and follow him, they know that we are his. Such a big deal. So today, What's our third pot? I'll read this to you. Healthy participation as we grow. We pray that we all joyfully and faithfully serve together to sustain healthy ministries. Can you bring up Ephesians 2.10, please? Actually, I think it's in a different order. Just bring up the next one. Ephesians 2.10 is good. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You can go to the next slide. These are just the three slides to do with. For each of our pots... What are pots? Some of you are new. Prayers of the season, okay? In Revelation 5.8, there talks about there are, there are these bowls that prayers are filling this bowl, and then at the time that he wants to answer, it overflows and they're answered. 
our pots are these things, these six things that we believe and are contending for as a community until they happen. Amen? All right. So 2 Timothy 3.17, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Right? God's created us to work. Not to work first. We're created in Christ Jesus and that, in that new creation. An overflow of that is we work. Not for acceptance. Not for our standing. That's already done. Our identity is complete. We work because we're joyfully giving that. It's part of like, awesome. Yes, I will work. I'm alive now. I will work for you. I will go. I will do. That's awesome. So next thing. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you has its part. I will not get into this. You can go back on the podcast. Each, I genuinely believe that in each one of you there's something a little different. I 100% believe that. And in that thing that's in you, is a gift. It's not your gift. It's not mine. It's not what God gave you. It's a gift through you. It's your gift, right? It's here's what I offer the community. It's the gift in you to give. I believe every one of you has something. I don't, I don't necessarily believe it all fits into the framework of RCC. I just know that in you for the body of Christ, whether it's globally or, or smaller, that there is something in you that will deeply impact the world by impacting the body. And then the body the body is Christ. We are the body of, and this body is what is beautiful. This body, when it gets into areas, becomes this place where healing happens, where people are saved, redeemed, where people realize identity. The body is really important. It's not just about a guy that preaches a message. It's not just about a book that has content. It's not just about a conference. There's one coming up this week. It's not just about those things. It's this really like grassroots understanding of what I believe to be the heart of the gospel and that the Holy Spirit's trying to lead the church back to. It's just simple church with people where each voice matters, where you are realizing your potential, not so that we can gain from you, so that we can have your gift. Your gift doesn't belong to me. It belongs to the body, and it's the body of Christ. That's where it gets kind of screwy is, and I'm going to just tell you a little bit about my story and why we did this. So, so as I talk about healthy participation as we grow, it really taps into all, I think all of these things really speak my heart, but this one in particular, a lot of my calling was formed out of being a part of groups that really didn't care about developing people and helping people grow. And so I was in some bad systems and structures, and I feel like I can't throw stones at the systems and structures because I almost, I really sought them out because I had kind of a skewed version of what the gospel was. The gospel, of course, would be to build a big church, right? Of course, that would be what the gospel is. It would be to grow. And it's interesting because that would also be what people would brag about, about me if I was doing that. And if ministries weren't growing rapidly, then something must be wrong, right? Like, what's wrong? And so I jumped fully into ministries that were about getting big quick and people were commodities, and we almost quit all of it. We, three years ago, planted this church because we decided to go on a journey where we said, whatever you put in us, we're going to do it the way you want to do it. And whatever that looks like, we'll do. We were literally willing to move wherever. Like Ism was saying, we were literally willing to move to Guam. I don't know why I always use Guam. I think it just sounds cool. Well, I don't even know if that's an actual place, is it? Yeah. See? So I'm saying. We were willing, though. I was willing to be a school teacher. I was willing to work at Starbucks. I was willing to coach baseball. 
ping pong traveler, I would have done anything. So we, we decided to like revamp, and this is the scariest thing about healthy ministries. We tried to make a list of healthy ministries. And here's, what, here's what's not healthy. Growing quickly does not equal health. 100%. If you think that that is a healthy ministry, then when you cut yourself and it's infected and it's growing, would you say that that infection is healthy? Would it be an infection? <laughs> sometimes infection looks like growth. And sometimes I just personally think a lot of ministries that have grown really quickly are infected. And I'm not throwing stones at them. I was them. I, I wanted that. Whatever could do it quick, whatever can make it happen quick, let's get people in here, right? That's the, you know, there, there was always this conversation, the empty seat. You know, let's keep that empty seat for that person and bring them here and bring them here and bring them here. Why do we want to bring them here? I love this church. People do not have to be at our church. We're not the only awesome thing. When churches start to talk about getting people there and only there, that's not, that's not really like a church. It's more cultish than a church. I should celebrate when you're a part of another body. I wouldn't have used to have done that. It's just honesty. I don't want to do that ever again. <clears throat> I'm kind of just dancing all over the place at this point, but you guys are with me. So my call was formed by seeing things I really disliked and doing things I really disliked and feeling like at the end of the stretch that I had nothing left to give because I was the one giving everything. And all the while, Jesus was calling out to me, slow down, I want you to be healthy. Slow down, I want you to be healthy. Go at my pace, go at my pace. You can have guardrails, you know. And, and so today as we start, like this church is the fruit of that kind of seeking. Here's what I'm learning though. In that kind of seeking and creating space for people to not be abused, the challenging part can be to get people to serve. Because in me, this is my honest struggle I want you to be healthy. If you tell me I'm not healthy, I'm backing off. Whereas in ministries I used to come from, if I would have said I'm not healthy, they would have said, we can replace you. And I would have said, okay, well, I'm healthy. <laughs> so good. Like really good right now. I feel great. I'll preach. And literally I was preaching, leading three different ministries in two different churches, not at the same time. That would have been weird. But So the challenging part becomes when you create a healthy structure, people really need to understand their Bible. People really need to understand we can't do this alone. There are 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. So be healthy, know your guardrails, know, understand where you're at, but be willing to jump in. So first things first, assess your personal health really quickly. Close your eyes. This is just a pointed question not to do with ministry for you right now. Are you healthy? Now, this can either be emotional, spiritual, or physical, and there is an answer. Are you healthy? If you are feeling like you're healthy, today my challenge to you by the end is that you jump fully into something and share the load with people. If right now you know that you've been pretending you're empty, you've been putting on a face, you don't know how you can make it through another week, do not jump in to a, to a ministry. But don't just stop there. Listen. Our bodies, our emotions, our spiritual life talks to us. It's trying to tell you something. If you are not healthy, you need to put yourself in situations to be healthy. Period. Whether it's body, mind, 
spirit. Do not just float through. So if you, won't, if you don't want to jump into a ministry, you can open your eyes. If you don't want to jump into a ministry today, I'm totally cool with that. If it's because you're unhealthy, I'm not cool with that, but I'm, I'm walking with you. What's the next step for you, right? How do you become healthy? I'll talk to any of you after. It, for us, it was meeting with people. It was crying together. It was dreaming together. Where's my wife? Where's my wife? Um, for us, it was, it was being honest. For us, it was honestly saying sorry to some people. Like, I just I needed to apologize to some people. For me, it was setting aside my kingdom and your just personal life. Are you healthy? If you're not, listen to that. It's a big deal. We don't need any more ministries or people leading for the Lord that are unhealthy. And we're so cool with that as long as it's growing, okay? All right, I'm just jumping. I want to read to you the kind of this is your text for today, 1 Peter 5, 1 through 5. And you can pull it up here, and I'm going to read it to you from here. I love this about Paul and Peter when they're writing. All of their, see, they're, they're very much like gospel go. They're very much like evangelism, Jesus saves. But all of their letters have to do with the health of the body, right? Paul, the most influential writer in the New Testament, all of his letters are to communities and bodies about being healthy because he knows the importance of the healthy body. So as I read this passage today, keep that in mind. So it's 1 Peter 5, 1 through 5. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow worker, a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. So Father, as we just talk a little bit about this, you inspired uh, Peter to write this through, through watching you walk. I pray that the same spirit that challenged this community would be in this room today. Holy Spirit, you're invited. You're so much better at speaking to hearts than I am. I ask that you would soften even my heart and all of our hearts as we, as we look to you as a group and say yes to you, Father. What are you trying to do in Smyrna? What do you want to do with our body? What are the dreams you have for us? How do we start? What's our ABC steps? Speak to us today in Jesus' name. First thing I want to share with you about this is this idea of elder is taken from when Moses got to a spot in the Old Testament. You all know the story. And he was overworked. You guys remember the story? And he said, choose among the men. How many men? Anybody know? How many men? Seven. Who said 70? Yeah. Okay, 70. So he's basically overworked. Choose 70 men to share this load with you. And I love this first part because it says, To the elders among you I appeal as a fellow elder, as witnesses of Christ's sufferings and glory. I love how he says, I'm coming to you as you. We're on the same level here. I'm appealing to you because of the glory and the suffering, which is like the first step of a good leader, right? And the good and the bad. I'm here with you in the good and the bad. There's going to be like four things I throw at you about this, about leadership. 
If you're a leader who really enjoys the good stuff, the glory, it's easy to jump from ministry to ministry. This is one of the reasons why, personally for me, I believe you should be a part of a body. You shouldn't just go here and there and there because it's hard. It's hard to understand the significance of suffering with a community. And that's just as important as the glory of a community. As you serve, as Christ serves, to suffer with people and to celebrate with people. That is leadership. And he's putting himself on the same plane as the elders. I implore you, I understand the sufferings and the glories. I'm here with you right now. In our ministries, in this church's ministries, in your home church's ministries, those of you who are visitors, if it's bad or if it's good, has the Lord called you to it? Has he led you to it? I love this about our carriage. If you're in carriage house community, will you stand real quick? So these people that are standing are people that have moved to our city or to our church and are now living in carriage house. And they are all together. Bill's back there. Anybody else in here? Where are the dudes? Where's Nate? Oh, they're, they're serving. Awesome. So they win, guys. They'll fail. <laughs> So, so just stand up for a second. These guys, about two months ago, they moved into an apartment complex to bring Jesus, incarnational, incarnational living, missional living. And I have to be honest about you guys, like it was, it's a struggle when you first, and Sarah's going to speak on this in about two weeks. Whatever your version of the good life is, and all of, our, all of our versions of the good life usually have to do with us being taken care of really well, living in good homes, having good jobs, and moving on to the better. And so they had to reorient. They get into this place. Some of them don't have heat. Some of them had somebody who was a chain smoker living in there before. Some of them are just afraid. Some of, I mean, God, you guys, like you moved from, where did you move from, Jessica? New Mexico. Bravo. It's awesome. So here's what I saw. I saw what I thought I would see, like the reality of stepping in to serve, and then the pace of life has changed, Right? But the beautiful thing over the past month and a half, I've seen like life come out of these guys. I've seen connection, my, my heart for them. And I've seen them start to learn the ebbs and flows of serving as a lifestyle. It's different, right? Guys, just can you clap for them? Okay, you guys can sit. We're going to pray for them at the end. And they're not like our superstar Christians. They're just people willing to do it. It's all the only difference in them and a lot of us is they're just willing to do that, right? It's crazy scary when you decide to do life for God. My hope is for all of you to know that your whole life really is serving. So, but, but when you start talking about the ideas of ebbs and flows and glories and, and then sufferings, here's what I don't want to tell you. We're two and a half years old as a church. Our ministries are barely off the ground. There are people here who are pay, you would be shocked at how much we pay them. Millions of dollars. <laughs> Millions of dollars. <laughs> we pay people nothing. Listen, I, I'm not going to talk about what me and Sarah make. I don't ever look at the finances. I don't know who gives what unless you tell me. Don't tell me. But I know that the people who serve here over our ministries are nowhere near full-time. And I'm scared because in America... We expect full-time service at church, right? You will do this for my family or we'll leave. And so a lot of people leave because we're not going to make people do things that are unhealthy for their family when they're also working other jobs. Does that make sense? 
This is the reality of church. The churches that have it all worked out either have a lot of money or they've got about 10% doing a ton of work. So here's, here's my heart in this. Like In a season like this at a church, two and a half years old, you have to have grace. When you look at a ministry or you join a ministry, you're like, well, this wasn't this way and this wasn't this way. Do you know that that person actually is paid to work eight hours a week and they have another job and three kids? And nobody's like screaming at me about being mad at other ministries. I'm just saying, as a pastor. So I look at those people and I'm not demanding that they do more. I'm saying I'm okay with some people being mad at me. So if you're mad at me, I love you. I'm not going to burn people out. I'm not going to burn my family out. I literally, guys, work like 70 hours a week. Do, and I'm doing my best to back off and just be okay with it. Because this culture in America tells you to do good in church. It has to look like this. And we have to have this campus over here doing this. I want holographs of me, but I'd rather them just be in your homes. Like you could wake up and I'll just be there like, good morning. Wouldn't that be awesome? He just walked out and I was like, what's your devotion about today? Nothing, because I didn't read it. Awesome. I don't care for that. I don't want to go quicker. I want to act our age. I want, if we're two and a half years old, I don't want you to know how to read as a toddler. I don't want you to do, I don't want you to drive a car, right? But for this, in order for this to work, you have to be willing to jump in and you have to be willing to give grace to people who are not professionals and who have not been paid for a full job and not expect them to do that, right? Like, just, I mean, just, am I like, I'm ranting a little. I'm not I'm not mad at anybody, I promise. There's nobody that's been like, why are your ministries not doing? It's more me, like, not wanting to burn people out. But just for instance, like James, is he in here? He travels. Like, he, yesterday he was doing a wedding gig in where? And where are you going tonight? Jordan. He works, like, 20 hours a week. He's a full-time student. He's a new dad. I don't know if you know this, guys, but they're pregs. Is it cool to say? If it's not cool to say... Sorry. <laughs> I blame an unhealthy structure for that. So, and, that, and guys, honestly, this is just our staff. Like Sarah and I, Sarah works 30, 40 hours a week easy doing stuff here. Bill in the back for the first two years, completely volunteer, 100%. Completely volunteer. He is here. You're here more than I am, honestly. So here's my, and that's just the staff, right? And then you have the next level of people who are volunteers. Stand up, please, if you volunteer for something and you lead something. Like, yes, that's good. Stand up. Yeah. Okay. All right, quit bragging, guys. Jeez. So braggy. Just kidding. So my heart's been broken recently because 1,700 pastors quit every month. Do you guys know that? 1,700 pastors quit every month. And it's not about pastoring. Under those pastors, there are thousands and thousands of people who are not pastors and don't have the platform to just be known in the 1,700 sphere that also burn out. There's a reason why 20% of people do 80% of the work. It's not just because you're all lazy. You're not. We value superstars. We love superstars. If I'm not a superstar, then how could I be in ministry? You don't have to be a superstar. The way that 80% of the people do the work is people just being willing. And maybe you don't know your niche yet. Our, our people, I don't know why I called you my people. Sarah's family's here. I love them. They're talking about it at their church. They have this thing. 
That's your tent. What's it called? Our tent, Our which is? It's, it's kind of, um, it's your place where, where you can make all like our spots. So that was inspiring to me. Last night I heard that. For you, maybe you're at like a two. Maybe you found your two and you're like, this is stupid. <laughs> Listen, don't give up for a two. Continue to, listen, I, I sat in the back of a church for a whole year, not speaking to people because I was horrified as a younger person, as a 21-year-old. I would do anything, literally. Josh, I need you to show up to hang these lights. I'll do it. Josh, I need you to do this. After a year, they let me teach to a, a Sunday school class. And I'm telling you, those kids are probably not living for the Lord from that, whatever I spoke to them. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out. It was not quality grade A material. It was two-level material. But like these, these twos and these threes and these fours and this willingness to, I, I would serve. The one thing that the youth pastor used to say about me that to me meant more than anything, he would, he would introduce me and he'd say, he's faithful because there was nothing else I was good at. <laughs> he couldn't be like, he's a great preacher because I wasn't. He couldn't be like, he's a great Sunday school teacher because he's really losing because of me. He couldn't be like, he's awesome. He would, but I was faithful. I was. I was good at being faithful and I was great at showing up. And if I came to Atlanta for family, I would drive back on a Wednesday night to be at youth service for two hours. And I did that every week because I believed in serving. Like I, listen, and I think there's a correlation. God, like along that path, I had opportunities that came not because I was awesome, because I was not. I was like a two and three solid across the board. <laughs> and then I think God just started stacking those together. And I'm like a 4.2 now. <laughs> and I'm cool with that. So, so what I'm saying to you, like, be willing to jump into your twos and threes. In a church like this, it's not professional. We're not, we don't want to be professional. We don't want to be a five-star business. All my friends who have churches want a five-star experience. I don't. I want a family experience. I want you to come in and take off your shoes. I want you to have to deal with it if you're not treated like the most special angel in the room. Like, listen, that's life. I want you to have to deal with it if somebody didn't say, hey, one Sunday. I want you to know that that's reality. I want you to know that when you jump into this or that, it's not going to be polished and clean all the time. And you're going to have to realize, if I don't do that, it's not going to get done. Or you, and you can call me and be like, or you can text me and you can do that. Or you can just say, listen, it's got to be done. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm a part of the family, right? I don't have training for my kids to know how to... They're just part of the family. They do dumb stuff all the time. I promise. Noah throws his body around now. That's his new thing. He just throws it. People get hit. It doesn't matter. He hurts himself all the time because of it. I'm like, buddy, you're just throwing your body, dude. You don't have to throw your body. You can walk places. And he'll just be like, last night on the couch, was he literally not going like this? Just for like, and I was like, Noah, dude, just calm down. That's what we do, though. We are two and a half years old. I'm more excited about River City today than I have ever been. I feel like we are on the verge of impacting this community, but we're two and a half years old, right? We're literally kicking like this when we do stuff. We really need, we really need for you to serve or not serve if you're unhealthy. We really need you. If you're just here, jump in and do something, guys. I'm just telling you, all of our ministries are about loving people. Night of Healing Prayer, one of my favorite nights. Open prayer. City kids. Connections. One of the best things people say about this church, I actually heard it yesterday, two days ago actually, from Marcus. They visited a bunch of churches, probably great churches, but the one thing they said was the biggest thing wasn't because the preaching's great, wasn't because the worship's great, 
Both of those things are probably amazing. They said that when they came to our church, they felt more love than other churches. That too. That's great, right? We don't have a specialized training program on how to experience love and give love. We have people who love well because people have stepped up to love well, right? Our ministries need you. Like this is, we're not trying to build an empire. We don't want to be empire. I don't want it to be about me. I don't want it to be about you. I want it to be about we. Man, we can do so much good. Like we can help so many people. We can serve so well if we're sharing the load. But, but here's what happens. 20% of the people who they're actually called to some type of evangelistic serving, which is some, some part of the hospitality, they end up doing this work and they have a hard time saying no because it's in their DNA and they burn out. They burn out, guys. There are people in this room who are burning out. So people, you just got to step up. You got to step up. If this is not your church, you got to serve at your church. That's, like, that's the gospel, right? That's the way that Jesus showed us that he would love us, that he loves us, that by doing that, he came not to the world to, to be served, but to serve. Like This is our creator, right? Comes down, takes off his God clothes in his awesome space that was very much up there and better, inserts himself incarnationally into our lives, walks with us. We abuse him. We totally mistreat him. We don't believe him. We call him a liar. And then we kill him and like spit on him. And he looks at us and says, I love you. That's, that's what I love about this passage. Peter's talking. He's trying to challenge people into serving like this, sharing with elders, serving with humility. He actually uses a word for humility that means to tie with a knot. The word here, it's not just like clothe yourself like, okay, this is going to be total Chris Farley-ish. But he, <laughs> got a little coat. That's not what he's doing. He's like, this word actually means something like this. Like, right? And even one more. Right? Guys, you can do this if you want at home. I get credit. So. Amen. What that means. I, t- I was telling you, I do really bad with responsive talking. I, I'm lost now. <laughs> Are we talking about diversity today? <laughs> you're leaving now? So You're so mad you're leaving? This is an unhealthy church, guys. So, so the word being used here is clothe yourself with humility. That's what Jesus had when we said, I don't believe you, I'm going to kill you. And then he looked at us and said, I love you. He didn't say, you none of you deserve it, right? He even looked at a dude on the cross and said, today you'll be with me. He's dying for us, right? This is, this is what Peter saw. Peter's telling people about this and he's remembering, I told you I would never forsake you and then I denied you three times. Oh, he's... He's talking about that's how Jesus shepherded him with that kind of grace. You're, I'm, I'm letting you grow. I'm letting you grow, Peter. You definitely weren't a rock. But through this loving, open space for him to flourish, he becomes the rock of the church. He failed. I mean, that's, 
what's worse than your actual Savior? You, you, throw, you basically throw your Savior under the bus, legitimate. There's not worse. He becomes the rock. So grace is so needed, guys. And I'm, I'm so far gone right now. Here's what I see. I'm going to actually say this. If I were to prophesy, which I'm not saying this is what this is, but I'm saying this is what I'd love to see, and there's some truth in it, so maybe it is prophecy. I'm not a prophet. Maybe I'm the son of a prophet. I don't know. RCC, what I would love to see, I would love, this is a dream. Our ministries are so overstocked, we have to tell people to stop serving. That's one. I would love to see our leaders so full of joy in life, so encouraged by you and each other, so passionate about serving, that, that it's just like light everywhere. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see callings realized. I'd love to see, and this is part of like what I do actually think is from the Lord for our church, that our church would be like a hospital, we've said that a hundred times, for healing, we've seen it, but for birthing, Babies are born in hospitals or in tubs. But mostly in hospitals. So, so this, I'd love to see callings realized. You don't belong to River City Church. I hope so deeply that you're so full of what God is doing and developing your heart and growing you that maybe you are sent one day. Maybe you're the next church planner. Maybe you're going to live in the next apartment complex, and that's going to be your ministry. Maybe you're going to move into a something. Whatever. Your calling's realized. My dream is that we hear left and right people like, God is revealing things to me. I'm going to serve with my life in this area. I would love that. So today, as I, as I pray, and I missed like half my scripture today, guys. Um, scripture's good. I've been all over the place. I don't feel real bad about it, but I do want you to, I want to challenge you to serve so badly. Don't just be a part of listening. Man, it's going to be awesome with you, the diversity that we have serving. So I'm asking you to share the load with us and be willing to be willing to struggle with us in our glories and in our sufferings. I'm asking you to be willing. Everybody just close your eyes really quickly. Father, I just, what I love is that you bring people to specific places, not just so that they can not be known, but you want people to be seen. Jesus, help them to see that you see them today. And even now, Lord, I don't want anyone to be coerced into doing something for an empire that's River City. I just want them to be open to hearing you speak. Are you talking to them? Are you speaking to their heart? Are you nudging them? Jump on board. I just pray right now, Jesus, that you would speak in their mind's eye, that you would speak. Your sheep hear your voice. You are the shepherd. We are your under-shepherds. We serve you. You're the leader of this church. We're here structurally to facilitate growth and health. And I just want to, I want to be that. In Jesus' name, amen. Two real quick things. We're going to just tell you who leads what really quickly. If you guys want... On the stage, there's a sheet that has all of the ministries that are part of our church that are led by either volunteers or staff. 
And I would love for you to just take one of these with you and take it home and pray. Um, so I'd love for that. And then I'd love to pray over you. There's one more thing, I think. All right, so, so Josh and Sarah Turner, pastors of this church. Where's Sarah? Can you stand, Sarah? Awesome. Sarah is all... Nope, 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 nope. Sarah is also spiritual formation. Okay? Spiritual formation is the forming of a spirit. Not really. City Kids, Katie Craig. This is Katie Craig. She's over our kids' ministry. Life Groups and Connections, Jordan Craig. Worship, James and Julia Sheely. Stan Man Bun. Stan. <laughs> you did it, dude. Media and Sound. Bill. Also, also, Bill and Jen Pinto, Carriage House parents. They live in Carriage House, and they provide the life group. <laughs> Carriage House events, Chris and Jody Rendezzo, they are not here. Tech, Scott Lappin, not here. Events and administration, Amelia Cook, could you please rise? <laughs> Pre-K director, Janet, she's in the back. Please don't, please don't sit. Is she in here? Okay, cool. Uh, service coordinators, Jonathan and Kara Lee. Bus ministry, Jonathan Godby. You got to stand. He's pretty awesome. Head elder Phil Cook is out of town. He's on a cruise. He understands health. Elders, Jill Cook, Ann Bennett, and Sybil Turner. Ann Bennett, are you here? Yay. Okay. Elder and prayer ministry, Ken Turner. Already standing. Campbell High School Dinner and Devotion, Luke Wood. And Kelly, Kelly, are you in the room? Is she here? Would you mind standing? Night of Healing Prayer, Lance and Jane Craig. They are out. They were here Tuesday, though. Open Prayer Night, Justin and Alita Cook. Awesome. Recovery Group, Sarah Luke and Aaron Carmen. And Ryan... If you're just pointing, I don't know what you're saying. Or if you're saying something, say it. No, I didn't. I'm about, I'm about to read his name. It's not on here? Steve Bennett, finance and elder. It's right here. Thankful for you. Then we have mom's group, Emily Brown. Then we have life group leaders. You're supposed to stand, Marjorie. Yeah, cool. Not yet, but he told me, make her, no, you stand now. I'm sorry. Okay, day leader group here, other life group leaders, please stand. So, are they here? Yes? Anybody else? Okay, so here's how we're going to close today, and it's, it's lengthy, guys, I'm sorry. I'm going to ask you to just gather around these guys. Here's why. They need to be supported. I'll just be honest with you, like, I look at Jonathan he just came to our church two months ago. He's been driving a bus for like two years. They basically live on mission. We need to pour into him. We need to pour in. He doesn't want me to say this. I can, just by the way, he's looking at me. I'm not going to look at him anymore. But we need, to surround him, we need to surround him and pray for him. These people, as much as they look like superstars and feel like superstars, they need to be encouraged and undergirded by you. They need to be loved by you. If you see something awesome, 
That's why we do Carabiner Sunday. Call it out to them. Say it to them. Support them. Let's pray over them, all right? If at any moment God's telling you to jump into one of these ministries, the three specifically today that we need people now, most by far right now is Connections Ministry, people that love people well when they come in the door. We need people, and it's the easiest. You show up literally like 30 minutes early just to love people. It's like form-fitted for the person who did not want to do this. That's, your, that's the greatest in route ever. So, Jordan, raise your hand. If you want, we need like five, ten more people to be loving. Katie, we need five more people to serving kids. And then media, we definitely need more people for media. So, so if you wouldn't mind, I'm just going to ask you to go near somebody or near the one that jumps out to you that you should pray for and surround them. As you're on your way to them, I would ask that you actually pray for them. All right, And this is where I may be challenged too much. I don't want everybody to stand behind them like they're pushing them off a ledge. Like, Be okay with interacting with people. Ask them, how can I pray for you? What do you need prayer for? Ask what you need help for. Yeah, you can get Janet. And there might be somebody else in there. Gather around them. I'm going to give you a couple more minutes. If, you, if this is already the most terrifying thing you've ever done, just stay seated. We won't bother you. I'm going to lead you in prayer as you move towards them. So, Father, I thank you for the people who serve. Um, Jesus, I thank you for every person who leads or volunteers. I pray today that 100% would be poured into them. I pray like your scripture that said, in good ground you will produce a crop that's 30, 60, even 100-fold. I pray that a 100-fold kind of blessing would be poured into them, whether it's emotional, spiritual, or physical. I pray that your presence, God, would overcome every burden, Jesus. Everything they're carrying that's not from you, every lie of the enemy that's not from you, that they would be able to label it and replace it with the truth that is your word, Jesus. That your word would be the light in the dark situations. That they would understand things like identity. That they would understand that working does not prove identity. That they would work out of an overflow of being loved by you, Jesus. That each one of these people that we're praying for, that they would feel overwhelmingly supported overwhelmingly staffed and helped and that people would jump in and fall in love with serving with them. God, I pray that over the next few months, we hear things like your church serves so beautifully. We hear things like we were so loved by the way people served. I don't even remember their names. I pray that we hear things like people receive salvation because of Night of Healing Prayer. People receive salvation because of Open Night. I pray that through our worship ministry, through our connections ministry, through our life group ministry, God, that people would find belonging and comfort and healing. God, I pray that over the next year we hear of callings being birthed, people realizing why you've placed them in this city, on this planet, with the family they're in, with the people they are. I pray that connection would happen and discipleship would happen, God. I pray that Sundays would be so beautiful, but I pray even more than that, that the other days would be more beautiful. I pray that people in our city in Smyrna would find strength and recovery and support. I pray that people who are homeless will find homes. I pray that people who are broken would be healed. I pray that people who feel like they're abandoned would be adopted. God, I pray for every prayer and every truth that's yours to be unleashed over our church. I pray for Sarah and I that we love people well, that we don't just see people as objects to accomplish a goal. But I pray that we would see people like your children that we help foster care and support and love. I pray that we would see each other in this room 
like brothers and sisters and that we would step in and love one another well. I pray that when people are in need that we have too many people step up. God, I pray that when you speak something to someone to do, they would have the boldness to do it. I pray for every gift to be unleashed in our church. Every gift that's listed in the Bible to be unleashed in our church. I pray for every fruit listed in the Bible to be unleashed in our church. I pray that we would tangibly see all of the fruits. I pray that even right now there would be weeping in a good way. There would be laughter in a good way. I pray for an overwhelming supportive church. And I pray for hope, peace, joy, and righteousness, which is your kingdom. God, as you begin to speak to people and you tell them, this is what I want you to jump into, help them to follow through. And as people begin to step into ministries and see the glories and the sufferings of the ministries, that they would say, yes, I'll share this burden with you. That instead of gossip, God, we would encourage and pray. God, instead of fleeing, we will help pull the load when it's tough. God, instead of bittering, harboring bitterness, we would forgive Jesus. That we would foster such community that we would be like a family, Jesus. I pray that we would joyfully serve together. Help us as a church and as people to say no to the things we need to say no to. I pray in Jesus' name for the people in this room who have said yes to too much at the detriment of their own soul and forgotten to love people as they love themselves and as you love, that they can take seasons of replenishment to become healthy. Help us to, to honestly see, God. I pray for any pressure that's been put on us by any church or people to do your work instead of allowing you to do your work and us to partner with you. I pray that you would remove those in Jesus' name. I pray that all the serving that happens from this point forward would be out of joy and out of a full heart wanting to give. Fill our hearts, God. Overwhelm us with your goodness. Alrighty, so we're just going to, you can stay in that, but we're going to have our prayer teams in the back two corners. If you want prayer for anything specifically, you can head all the way to the back corners near the windows. There'll be a prayer team there waiting on you in about 30 seconds. Guys, I'm so thankful for you. Thankful for, thank you for being here. Pray that you're blessed this week. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.